podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 150th day of January. No, the 30th day of January, just the longest month in the world. Um, 30th of January, 2024. My name's Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, X. Uh, you can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your normal podcast providers. If you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Uh, on this week, well, I've not written the agenda, so let's see if I can remember. Two five two games. Uh, one was a win, one was a loss. Let's have a look at both of those. Jeff Baum was the December Player of the Month. He'll be along in a bit to have a chat with us, as will Davy Phillips, who's always really good value when he comes on for a chat. Friend of the show, Neil Francis, will be with us looking ahead to the visit of the Cardiff Devils this weekend. Uh, we'll look at the player of the month, maybe a bit of news and the usual sort of chat. If you're watching along live on YouTube or on Facebook, send us a message, send us a comment, send us a question. We'll keep an eye on it. And uh, we love when you guys interact or also be monitoring um, Twitter at AVFTB. Mr. Majemsey, how are you? Not too quick of ad, Patrick. Nice to see you. Yes. Good to see you too, mate. And Mr. Kitchen's busy doing something. What are you up to? What are you up to, says? I'm not the brightest when it comes to technology. And um, I've recently story. purchased a MacBook. Shut up, David. Um, I've recently, recently purchased a MacBook. But um, <laughs> I thought I was getting the gist of it. And I'm, I'm really not. It's, I'm used to a Hewlett-Packard, which has, does everything I need to do. But I just thought it'd be a real tool and buy a MacBook. So if there's anybody watching tonight, anybody... Dive in the our comments there that can help Simon set this MacBook up because well you live in England you're no good. <laughs> well, look, Davey, I'm going to be honest. We Reese Harrison from from uh, from the Apple shop has already told me to log in, and Laura's said about it earlier on as well. There is classes that you can go to. I just haven't got a minute at the minute, so I will get round to it. But at the minute, I'm back to my trusty HP and my Apple Macs over here just. There's loads of different stuff happening on. But anyway, let's carry on. Other, other, other technology is available. Yes. Um, right, before we get cracking into the games, obviously last weekend was Pride Weekend. We've got some great stuff coming up in the next couple of weekends. So who else are we going to come on, ask on to the show? Uh, one of our one of our favourite people, somebody I feel I haven't seen in ages. How are you doing, Laura? I'm good, thank you, Patrick. How are you? Yes, doing really, really well. Last weekend, Pride Weekend, seemed to go really well for the Belfast Giants, and we've got some great stuff coming up as well. Yep, Pride Weekend went really well. We worked with the Rainbow Project and we also had Sporting Pride along on, I keep thinking it was Friday night, but it was Saturday. Went really well. We Our cutoff day is going to be Sunday for final orders so that we can, if you want to order a Pride jersey, so we can get a final total and get that sent over to the Rainbow Project and get it announced out on social media. And grateful to everybody who bought the jersey, came along, supported the cause. And I know the Rainbow Project are as well. This weekend... Plenty coming up. I'm just going to start 
with the recognition that yes, I do appreciate. We have a lot of jerseys, special themed jerseys, especially at the minute. We've actually only worn um, Oktoberfest, Christmas, Pride. <laughs> no, um, it is a little unfortunate that they are going to run so close together. I'm not going to go into the tons of ins and outs about the business, but Chinese New Year is the 10th of February. This was our closest game to it. Um, our other night is Cancer Fund for Children. And part of the, they are one of our official charity partners for the year. The other is Alzheimer's Society. And part of the deal that we give them is a game night sponsorship. So they have the use of the Heineken Green Room and they can bring about 80 people to that. And unfortunately there was very limited dates left. So that's, they have this date. So that's unfortunately run together. They've got some other things that are coming up and they're also going to run to get close together and that's going to annoy people again. And I, I do appreciate that. I'm just going to acknowledge that now. But, and yes, some of them are for charitable causes. Others are not. It is, it is business revenue. It's also to try and enhance the game that experience for everybody, to try and attract new fans. It's just really to have fun and let people enjoy themselves. And I, I know that's not how everybody sees it and everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but that's just a wee bit of background. So I'm not going to lecture anymore about that. Um, oh, actually, I'm just one, one, one more wee thing. <laughs> sort of smirking, sis. Um, just I've seen some comments about maybe not continuing to do jerseys all the time. Again, I totally get that. But as soon as we put a jersey on the ice with a charity's name on it, that's between five and 7,000 people saying that right there and then, not including maybe the people on the website, or the website, the webcast. That is instant awareness for those charities. Not the, the money we get from those is, let's be honest, it's a very easy way to make money for those charities. And I'm, we raise thousands and thousands of pounds with jerseys. And every time we do do jerseys for charity, we always announce how much money they make. So some people saying they didn't know how much they made. It, it is out in public domain. We don't keep things like that to ourselves because then it looks like we've got something to hide and we don't. Um, and also we want to thank our fans who gave the money. Like it wasn't from us, it's from our fans. So that's part of the reason why we probably won't change jerseys. We do do other things for the charities. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Cancer Fund for Children. Thanks, Gemma. Appreciate that. Um, Cancer Fund for Children. So we've been working with Cancer Fund for Children. I'm really sorry. I'm just going to keep talking. So you might need to interrupt me at some point. Um, Simon, it's not like you're not a talker. So don't even look at me like that. Work away. I have something to do here. You, you crack on it. No. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Laura? You okay? There's no eggs involved. He's, he's not good. Just carry on. I'm not doing that. He's not cutting. out. Oh. <laughs> anyway, more importantly, the Davies toenails <laughs> is Cancer Fund for Children. So we've been working with Cancer Fund for Children, not in an official capacity like we are now, for about oh, must be twelve years. We do little memory visits for them where they come in with a child who has had a cancer diagnosis or their parent has had a cancer diagnosis. They come in, they meet the team, they try on that belt, the player of the game belt, they wear the equipment, they watch practice, they just create a little memory. So we're doing things like that with them for a long time. This year, so for people who don't know, within the Odyssey Trust, staff get to nominate charities and then it goes to a vote. So this year, that's how we got this, this year's charities, Cancer Fund for Children and Alzheimer's Society. So 
so far what we've done for them is W5 have had two mornings, two Sunday mornings where they haven't opened it to the public. It's just been for Cancer Fund for Children. So it means there's a lot more space for them to move around, especially if they're at risk of you know, they're maybe about to start chemotherapy or they've they're just trying not to be in a very like a place with a lot of germs and we're all a lot more heightened to like knowledge about germs and sickness after COVID and how keeping distance from people so it, it, it's a great opportunity for them to come as their family a bit more room and enjoy themselves in W5. We've also had an ice skating session with them which was hilariously great crack um so we've had that and I this is another thing that so we're going to have a night dedicated to them and part of that is wearing the jersey we give them the Heineken green room so they bring 80 people and they're bringing the families that they work with. They could bring donors, sponsors, whoever they want to bring, but they're giving it to the families and I absolutely love that. They'll be doing bucket collections on the night. There'll be text codes if you want to donate. They'll have a um, a table on the bridge if you want to talk to them. Like We don't know everybody's personal circumstances. We don't know who, who's going through what at the Giants and Cancer Fund for Children is an, oh my goodness me, an incredible charity that helps people in a really tough, tough time. Like I think their mission statement is making sure no child goes through cancer alone. And it's not, again, like I said, it's not just about children who get a cancer diagnosis. It's about children, young children with a parent who has a cancer diagnosis. And they offer fantastic support, be it in the, your home, in the hospital, in Daisy Lodge, um, and that's also now, Daisy Lodge is also going to be in, I'm not even sure if it's open, in Mayo. So they're able to provide services in the North and the South, not being political, um, which is phenomenal because the, this, I can't remember the statistic they told me, but how many children on this island get diagnosed with cancer every day. It was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Um, so the, at Daisy Lodge, they offer incredible facilities as well, where you can go as a family, they offer bereavement services, therapeutic services. <laughs> just to interrupt, for um, people listening in, there was, a, there was a comment there that Laura needs a new battery on her clock. I know, behind true, her. <laughs> and I'll probably be like that in the next time I come on as well. Um, <laughs> and that's why I was late for a long time, then I realised, okay, that's, that's slow. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, they offer... So at Daisy Lodge, they order lots and lots of different um, services. So they've got therapeutic services, bereavement services, just a place to go for a family, make memories, enjoy yourself and get away from if that if it's a hospital environment that you're in, if it's just a bad time that you're in, they have oh, game rooms, cinema rooms, massage, reflexology, like yeah. you name it, you can get it there and just get a break from the terrible time that you're experienced or you've just experienced. I've seen firsthand. I went, I did some fundraising a number of years ago and did for Cancer Home for Children, slightly outside of the Giants, although I got ginormous support from our fan base um, and they invited me out to see the work that they do. And it's phenomenal. I've also seen firsthand how people benefit from it, such as Molly Taylor. Um, she's one of our original kids. Um, she was the face of Cancer Home for Children for years. Um, my own nephew was diagnosed with cancer a number of years ago and they got a lovely time at Dizzy Lodge as well so it's it's just a great place and I just want to read you I know I'm taking a lot of time up I'm sorry um I got a message yesterday when this was announced from our lovely friend Jude at the Giants and I'll be honest we have as everybody knows we've come under a lot of scrutiny and some not very unpleasant comments so it does make you feel bad sometimes 
And then you get something like this and then you remember it doesn't actually matter about all the bad comments. And um, the tears are, oh, actually I might cry, hold on. <laughs> the tear, I'm not a big crier, but you know, sometimes the moment just takes me. The tears are flowing. I've just seen the Cancer Fund jersey, the two organizations who have got us through the last year. So that was from Jude about the Giants and Cancer Fund for Children. And then you remember it's for a great cause and people can say the bad stuff and that's okay. We're just going to keep on doing what we do. You're right. We have seen some things that have been put on social media over the last couple of days about shirts and stuff like that. It's all nonsense, really. It's all nonsense. There's nothing to apologize for when you when the actual act is doing something that is so immensely positive, both from you know a financial point of view, but also an exposure point of view, as you as you pointed out, Laura. And I think that you know what the Giants have done. Yes, they are, they may run close together. So what? There's there there are, there are ways and means for the Giants to basically raise exposure and raise uh, awareness and raise funds at the same time. And this is one of them. And and more power to yourself to the Giants uh, to continue doing it. It's not just me. It's everybody. Yeah, but no, no, but but <laughs> you know, but you're one of the driving forces behind a lot of this. Uh, and, can and someone tell that, me uh, can't spell? Not a big speller. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but it's um. But you know, and you know, uh, this is a great thing, and I, I'm I miss it. Why people are so at times negative about it because it is such. It's yes, it's an easy way to do it, but it has such an effect. And uh, yes, it's great that both with the Chinese New Year and that, and also the the Cancer Fund for Children, it's a remarkable going to be a remarkable weekend with, uh, this weekend, and hopefully, it, it does exactly what it is intended to do, Laura. Give me 30 seconds about Chinese New Year, because I know I've talked for, for a long time. But I just want to make people aware of some things that will be happening. Debbie, why are you smirking? <laughs> Never mind, Debbie. Go back to your toes. Um, so Chinese Don't encourage me, Will. <laughs> <laughs> you better pick those up. That's nasty. Okay, so Chinese New Year. So... Again, in the Atlanta Giants, everyone is equal. We're looking at different different ways, different parts of the community that we don't really engage with that much. Um, the Chinese population is the third highest population in Northern Ireland, um, just falling 0.2% behind, 0.02% behind um, the Indian population. So when we looked at different nights that we could do or different, we always do two main charities and then a kind of, not a wild card, but something different. So last year we did November, this year we did Chinese New Year. So... Yes, it looks like a gimmick. I get that. And we were super careful and spent a lot of time talking to the Chinese Welfare Association about not appropriating their culture and about cultural appreciation and trying to make it about a bit about learning about a community that exists beside us, like inside us, that we don't really. This is what the man of the Chinese Welfare Association said to me. And so before anyone comes for me for saying it, that a lot of people's um, interaction with the Chinese is on a Saturday night when they order a sweet bazaar. And it's, it's probably true. And it's not meant as a slant on or a slight on any religion, uh, ethnicity or anything within Northern Ireland. So this seemed like a good opportunity to do something, to engage with a part of the community that we don't really know about. That don't, If you look at the demographic and the fan base, you don't see a lot of non-white people. And that's partly because Northern Ireland is 96% white people. So it, it was in a way to bring in help bring that part of the community in and also just display their culture a little bit. So we're going to have a couple of different things. We're going to have some traditional Chinese musicians in the foyer. 
Um, it's the year of the dragons, so we're hopefully going to have something from the dragon um, exhibition that have been in W5. We're going to have some calligraphy writers on the bridge. So lots of different things to try and help people learn a little bit. And then we can also ask people to watch out and see if they win a hangbao envelope that will be come down uh, during the game, which is a Chinese uh, gift. And it's a symbol of New Year and of good luck and different things. So we're good. We're just trying to learn a little bit about their culture and let them know that they're welcome at the Giants, that everybody's Absolutely. welcome here. Absolutely. And Laura, I'll not talk anymore. Laura, listen, we really appreciate you coming on. You know that. Um, and you know, this is going to be a great weekend, raising great awareness on both on both of the games. Um, well done to you. Well done to the Giants and everybody And that. Hopefully, if somebody has a couple of AA batteries, they can pass them on to you for that clock. And uh, it has will... batteries, it's just 15 minutes slow. It's just slow, reason. it's just slow. No, listen, we, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks very All much. Right. Take care, bye, gang. Davey can go back to his toenails now. <laughs> bye, bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> big, big, big thanks to Laura for, for coming and joining us. And, um, yeah, two fantastic after what was a great weekend just past two fantastic um charities and two fantastic nights ahead of us at the sse arena right boys let's get cracking these couple of games before our first guest joins us very shortly um on what night was it i'm sorry i am all over the place saturday. it was saturday night it was you're right it was saturday night when the belfast jazz hosted the coventry blaze it was the first visit since they took the uh the, the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup against us, but it was a 5-2 win for the Giants, who started early. Ben Lake, Josh Roach, Bobby McIntyre, Daniel Tedesco with two goals, very great to see. And then for the two goals for the Coventry Blaze were Kobe Roth and Ian McNulty. Tyler Beskarwani, 15 shots on, two goals against. Nolan Kent, 23 shots on, five goals against. Your referees are David Good and Vitas Lucas Vitius. Now, firstly, and where I want to start this is there was a terrible incident at the end of the first period. Uh, involving Jack Hopkins, not not nothing any sorry, not nothing that anyone wants to see. Quite serious, but a credit to the medical team. Um, he was quickly seen to and, and with the hospital. He's since tweeted to say he's recovering. We here wish him well. Um, I know I was in contact with some guys in uh, regards to the, the Cardiff Devil, oh, sorry, Cardiff Devils, the Coventry Blaze, and they were very. The, um, they give a lot of credit to the medical staff at the SSE Arena who acted quickly, acted and um, were able. Says you probably know more about this than I, of course, but acted quickly and were able to get uh, Jack seen to uh, appropriately. Yeah, um, it's one of those situations where you know you, you never like to see anybody get hurt. You, I, I love the physical aspect of this sport. It's it's probably one of the main reasons I got involved in it and loved the sport and both playing and watching. And yes, accidents happen, and, and you know collisions happen, and and when they came together, uh, Naz and and uh, Jack came together along the wall, um, and then Jack fell back. As you could see that the helmet had sort of, you know, reached up the back of his head, and um, and obviously he fell over, and and everybody, you know, it, it was just instant um, that you seen everybody react, and it was it was amazing to see that. You know, you've got all these people in the arena. There's there seven thousand four hundred people, whatever it was, in the arena. Um, and I find it really difficult to watch from and and try and talk about it. I would rather just stay quiet. And it and if you, if, I don't know if anybody's ever went back and watched that. And a lot of people watch me on mute, and I'm okay with that. 
Um, but it's one of those ones where I found it really difficult to find the words to to speak to people while I was while I was actually commentating on that part of the the, the game. And I was talking funny enough. I was talking to Laura about this last night, and when 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 I seen, I mean, th- this is something that's been rehearsed at the arena on numerous occasions, and. It's not just because of what happened earlier in the season in Sheffield. It's things like this that happen, and you've got the people around you who can react at the drop of a hat. Nicky Sherlock, the, the Coventry physio, was right on the spot. And if you watch that, if, if you do want to watch it back, you see Nicky reacting instantly. She jumped over the the, the seat in the, on the, the bench, got her straight on legs. She, she was on the spot within five seconds. Literally just after that, the doors had opened. The, the Nas and, and Tedesco and there's others. Some of the company, the Blaze players were pointing towards our bench to get our doctor and our physios and everybody on. And within 15 seconds, everybody that had something to do at the part of that game were right beside Jack and, and giving them the best care. And that was just unbelievable to see. And then you see, you know, the, the situation. Yes, there was people who got their mobile phones out. It's it's something in, in culture these days that that sort of comes. I don't want to say second nature, first nature. Something bad happens, people want to video it, and that's you know that's not nice. And 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 I could see people standing on their mobile phones, and we had security there very quickly as well, telling people to put their phones away and show some respect, which was was um, you know again the right thing to do. And when the screens come out. And I, again, I've never seen this. Thankfully, I've never seen this at the SSE Arena. But when the screens come out and went up around them, even for me, who has been, I'm at the arena every day, well, more or less every day, don't tell a phonograph, but the, you know, I'm there mostly every day and I don't see these people rehearsing, getting this done. But when they went up, I'm going to be honest, I feared the worst. I genuinely did. I didn't know. And that's when I went absolutely quiet. Because I didn't know what was happening. And it's one of the things where you're trying to reiterate the feeling in the building to the audience that are watching at home. And I find it very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. And that's why I actually talked about finishing it off um, and waiting until I found out more information. And as soon as the period, obviously, they decided to cut the period short. They managed to get Jack on this stretcher. They got him off the ice and... And we got a message up from from down there. I actually text you, Paddy, to get uh, Danny Shearer's number, and I text Danny, and uh, just to make sure, but not to make sure. Sorry, just to find out if Jack was okay. Um, and Danny came back to me and said, "Yep, like he's sitting up and he's he's uh, he's talking," which was an absolute relief. And I don't know what Jonathan Fernley had to go through when that incident happened in, in Sheffield, but I'll tell you what, my cap was off to him because it was the most difficult thing. That I've had the day there. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. And Davey, you you see, you know, you see the emotion, but you see the fact that it's it is frightening when you see something like that, and you see you know the blood that was there, and and you see that you know, but it is a credit to the organisation. It is a credit to the people who got involved in the regards to the, the Belfast Giants and the medical team and the medical team at the Covenant, the physio to Covenant players that he was seen to, and he was he was flying back pretty much straight away it's um i mean the, these guys are highly trained they know exactly what to do and when to do it and what they've got to do first responders and they were 
instant and all the stuff the protocols and getting the screens out and, and even security there telling people to put phones away all the protocols that they will have practiced just worked like clockwork and he was in the best hands that he could have been with in within seconds and my heart went out like it looked like a bad situation because the the actual sort of interaction between the two players was was on the the super zoom camera and when he went down it was like oh like i text these boys because that that's a hard he's hit the hard he's hit harder so glad he's okay so glad that the best attention was given to him within seconds he was in the ulster hospital i assume well i don't know whether he went the ulster rv is that that was only my guess the closest hospital but in the royal within minutes um, I'm back home the next day with the team. He'll obviously miss a few weeks, I would imagine. With, um, I'm gonna say, at a total guess, post concussive syndrome. You know, he's 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 had a real strong bang to head. I'm just wishing well, and like, it's not all people down here saying virtual hugs the the kitty. Like we all send our big love to everybody involved in what was a horrible incident. Yeah, we we sent our best to the Coventry Blaze and to Jack. I hope you hope you recover quickly. Um, let's turn our attention to the game itself, gents. Um, the Belfast Giants come out of the traps quickly, Davy. Um, yeah, and 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 look quite strong throughout. A bit like the um, we'll see that it's Ben Lake School. Lovely, we saw his pass through, and and Greg Prince just knows that he's going into the dead end, so he just drops it off, and and Laker dives in on it and makes it one nil. Second second sort of. Um, up and down the ice, same as um, we played Coventry the week before. They scored on this on the the sort of second rush up the ice in that game, and we've gone and done it against them. And sometimes when you get out there leading the game, it's difficult. To, you know, you're a much better place to go on and win the game. That's a lovely play here. As Princey goes inside, he sees he's nowhere else to go. He knows where Ben Lake is in the inside. I don't know if there's a little bit of communication there, but you know Ben Lake whops it in the top corner there and. Uh, it's a, it's a it's an early start for us. Unfortunately, we we get pegged back um, with a goal. It'll probably roll on here in a wee minute. A pass in front. You know, Chucky's probably in the right place there. Unfortunate bounce off his stick or off his skate. Sorry, best go makes the initial save, but it just you know bounces the get in the right place there, and it's it's one each. And then I think probably for the next uh, twenty minutes or so, of the game it was a fairly even game up and down. We had opportunities. Um, then go. This is this is prior to the goal. I think Kohei Sado goes down the right wing, uses that pace that he's been doing, gets us a face off in a good position, and then steps up and wins the face off. And everything starts from possession. We talk about it all all the time. You know, all comes face off to Nas. Nas one on one timer from Rochi to make it two one. I thought at this stage that's great to see Josh Roach. Josh Roach's um, offensive contribution since he came back has been outstanding. You know, giving that extra man going forward. Sometimes leading the rush, jumping into players and stuff. Unfortunately for for us, it actually comes with a Josh Roach is, is trying to jump into play. We want to face off on our own zone, and everybody breaks for the border. Everybody's just on their horses and dying, and there's a bit of a break in play, and Josh Roach loses a loses an edge or whatever and goes down, and the hail Mary passes thrown up the middle, and he goes in on Besco. He he backs Besco up here. He's no choice because he's gone one on none coming through the circles. Gets backed up two each. Simon, do you want to go from there? I've said enough. As usual. Um, the uh, <laughs> the the third Aww. goal, you know, it was a, it was a great third goal. Obviously, you know, I was talking to Danny Shirt after the game. He didn't think it was a penalty for um, uh, on Coventry leading up to that third goal, which Bobby McIntyre scored. 
Um, but yeah. we controlled a lot of the play in the zone at you know leading up to that goal itself. They, there was a delayed call, best we got off the ice. Bobby McIntyre actually jumped on. Um, good play at the top of the at the blue line between uh, Tedesco and uh, Jeff Baum, and then they obviously found Bobby who, who stepped in, you know, took two or three steps and rifled the top corner. Um, and that was obviously ended up being the game winning goal. So uh, great to see that you know it, it's it's we did we didn't sit back at that point. We once that third goal went in, we sort of found a bit of life and um and obviously went on to score the fourth and fifth, but Teddy got both of them, which was great for him as well. Because let you know, Daniel Tedesco will probably hold his hands up and say, Look, I haven't been um, you know, having the season that I wanted to have. And and I, I, I was seeing what he's capable of last year, but it was really good to see him getting the opportunity. Um Playing a game with, with Ben Lake and and uh, Sean Norris on that line because uh, Prince Egan down getting hurt um, in the in the first period. So great to see Teddy step up, get those two goals. Obviously picked an assist up on that uh, game or that goal as well for the third one. But um, yeah, to, to go on and get the win five two. Let, let's be honest, the company base have been a thorn in our side this year. Um, we all know what happened um, when we we're four 0 up in, in December and they come back and won in overtime um, or the shootout, whatever it was. Just don't even want to remember that game, but um, I thought we we I thought the game the first thirty minutes was very scrappy. Yeah, we, we got a goal, they got a goal, and we got the the go ahead a goal again. But I thought it was very scrappy. But the third period, I thought we were we were definitely the better team, um, and uh, thankfully went on and, and picked up the two points at home. Uh, I'm going to batter ahead, boys, because I think that's all that we need to really say about this game. Um, the highlights are from our good friends at Belfast Giants TV. You can get them on YouTube. Um, and we move on to the game that took place on Sunday. The Giants travelled over to Surrey to face the Guildford Flames. Unfortunately, it was a 5-2 game also. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way this time. Um Lewis Hook opened the scoring on the power play. Ryan Hughes, Ryan Tate, Steve McPartland and Brett Ferguson. McPartland and Ferguson's both in the empty net with a five for Guildford with Ben Lake and Jeff Baum scoring uh, for the Belfast Giants in nets. Tyler Beskarwani, 25 shots on, three goals against. Ian McAdam, the other side, 30 shots on, two goals against. Matt Rose, James Irons were your two referees. Says you need a 60-minute performance, and this was far from that. Yeah, and I listened to Adam's comments after the game, and he wasn't um, happy with the performance, saying that you know there was, there was guys that just didn't turn up. And um, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, Davey was at the game. Um, we 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 just could we didn't really get a foot in it. You know, the the players are sorry. Um, no, what do you call them? Guildford Flames. Um, you know, we were we were never in front, and um, you know, it's when it's you you sort of just want to stay in the game and get your. You know, come up with some big moments and, and get the opportunity, but I just I didn't think we did enough anywhere to get the win at all. Um, you know, it's only a three-two game, and, and they get two empty netters, but that's not going to show unless you really look up the the record books itself. Um, and uh, it's just going to show you the scoreline. But it's a really difficult place to go to. They're and they're playing decent, but they'll be hurting. They would have been hurting from the night before in Cardiff. I think it was four 0 in Cardiff the night before. Um, but. Uh, no, I thought that, you know, there's the first goal of the night itself and right out front, nobody, you know, getting a stick on them and disappointing to to uh to go down one nil again and 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 Gilbert. 
Davey, as as um as Sam says, you were standing behind the bench, um, literally behind the bench, um, in that game, and you know, it, when it was two two, it seemed like the chance had just got enough, and I was hoping they would motor on from there. But what wasn't there? What what stopped them from motoring on, and what opened the door for Guildford? Um, I think Guildford used their their the, the speed that they've got very well. The the, the obviously um. Activated Tate a lot. There's the goal there, or that's not the goal. That's where they get the penalty shot. But it's very similar play to the goal actually, where they get down the right wing and they get it the shot away. We hung in in this game, and I don't think there was any lack of effort or lack of belief. You know, you talk about where I stand, you can hear the chat. Like the, the boys worked hard here. Obviously, went down to the, the, the early um, power play goal, which you've seen. Davy Phillips follows the play naturally right behind the net and Lewis Hook comes from the other side of the ice and, and positions himself nicely. You're down a man. You, can, you can't play coverage against every man. Unfortunately, they go on. Great save from Besco forces, um, I can't remember as Cornell takes the penalty shot, forces him wide. And um, at that point, the Belfast Giants will come back and get a goal to get back into the game. They get ahead, we call back and... Even at two each day, I think um, Digger says that you know it's probably their strongest second period of the season. And yeah, they pinned this in, but getting the goal at the very end of the second period was a bit of a boot in the balls, I suppose, for the boys because they'd worked so hard to stay in the game against a very good team through 20 minutes. And that little drop pass that and they come in, by the way, props for um, for both Laker and Bombers goals. Two C&I, top corner, top ends, great, great finishes, but you, you we've got it back to two each and we probably had and I think if if people go and watch if people have watched the game and people watch the game back, it's not as clear on the highlights. We had opportunities at two each to probably you know, you get whoever was getting the next goal was probably going on to win if we had got it, you know, because it's at that stage of game where you're gonna to have to pull your goalie and and you know, go for it. You know, if we had got that goal, it just didn't. We came up against a couple of irons and a couple of good saves, but it just wasn't to be in the night. It's frustrating that we're struggling to put those two good performances night in, you know, one night after the other. I don't think we stunk or anything. And I, I definitely don't think it was for lack of effort. I just think on the night, Guilford just had that wee bit more in the tank than we did. It says it's consistency at times, isn't it? It's trying to find that consistency. We've had a couple of weekends where we've done quite well. we got four points and I'm trying to retain that consistency. But outside of the Sheffield Steelers, everybody's looking for that consistency. Yeah, you just you know you really just want to get on a run and, and try and come up with a two wins in a row and then three wins in a row and then four wins in a row and and we're just finding it really difficult. Obviously, you know you, again you talk about the games against um, Nottingham there two weeks ago and then you go back into Nottingham you beat them seven two and we go to Coventry the next night and you okay you pick up a point but you know you really would have tried tried to like a, you know get two points there and then you're on a run you've got four in a row and. And um, you know, I said it on numerous occasions. Sheffield have been looking out, outstanding all season, and it is going to be you know near on impossible to catch them now. We, I think we need to win every game, and they need to lose about six um, for us to have a chance to to win. So I don't see that happening right now. I, I just don't think the Steelers are. I think they're well equipped. They're just talking about you know upgrading and or maybe bringing another player in for them as well. So it's uh, they're they're playing that well that we we've done it ourselves. You know, yeah, you have really, yeah. see, see, you know, see. To be honest, right now, you know, we were out of the Challenge Cup. Ultimately, we're, we're, you know, it's not mathematically impossible for the league. But let's be honest, again, we're it's going to take some monumental effort to, to win the league from this point. Um, but the playoffs is still up for grabs, and technically, you only need to win three games. 
to have a chance of winning the playoffs. So it is about preparation now. Yes, you want to win every game. Yes, you want to pick up as many points as possible. Um, you know, it's if we can get the position where you're going to have an opportunity to go into the playoffs playing well, I think that's something that that you know we should be really concentrating on. But that's not the way Adam Keefe thinks. Adam wants to continue playing until you know you're basically you're you're run out. He just wants every last ounce of pressure and effort put in by everybody on the bench, and that's just the way he's built. So you know he's not going to say what I'm saying with regards to you know we're 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 out of it. That's definitely not going to be the case from him. He he'll want to win as many games as possible um, moving forward. Let's hear from let's hear let's get the, the, the reaction to this game. I'm really happy with the end result, obviously. Um, but I think the biggest thing for us coming into this game tonight here was last night's performance in Cardiff. I just felt, you know, we weren't bad, bad, but we just we didn't play the kind of hockey that we've been playing for 60 minutes over a course of time there. It was important that we got that bounce back tonight. And um, I thought we were excellent. I thought we were excellent for 60 minutes tonight. And, you know, I think I did say on camera last night that it was the worst middle period, the second period that we'd had in a long time and I would roll reverse that tonight because I thought that was the best second period we've had in a long time um, so kudos to the boys but overall I thought it was a really good um, solid 60 minute performance and well deserved two points for us tonight um, Despite it not being our best we had opportunities to win that game and, and get more out of it um, Thought we had a lot of average to below average performances from too many guys tonight. Um, there was a lot of positives on the ice as well. Um, fight back there in the third period, and then unfortunately we give one up and um, you know, too little, too late there. Try to get the goalie out, um, generate a little bit there, but ultimately they get the empty net goal, and that's that's the ball game. But um, certainly we need to find a way to string two games in a row together here in, in a weekend together. That's uh, disappointing, but you know it's a work in progress right now. Highlights from the game are available from Flames TV on YouTube. Let's crack ahead, gents. Um, he was December's Player of the Month. He's one of our favorite people in the Belfast Giants. We're delighted to welcome back the son of Jeff Baum. Jeff Baum, how you doing, man? How you doing? How are we? Thanks for having me. Good to have you back, buddy. Good to have you back. Congratulations on your December Player of the Month. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was a Tough month for the team, but you know, pretty pretty excited. You you came back from injury. You seemed to, you know, and you you hit the ground running. How difficult or how frustrating is it to sit in the sidelines? Yeah, it can be pretty tough for you know, especially an injury that I kind of had where it's just kind of lingering on day after day, and then leads into weeks. So like, just having to show up and try and support the locker room however I can, and then knowing when I'm starting to feel better that when I'm ready to start getting into games that I'm ready ready and prepared and feeling as good as I can moving into it. Palmer, I know you're a relative, you know, in the terms of professional game, three, four years, whatever it is now, but you've played hockey for a long time. Have you ever known a stretch of injuries quite like it? No, this year, I mean, it's been crazy this year. I, I, I was thinking about just the other day, you know, one after another, I feel like somebody comes back, somebody goes down. It's just been unlucky at times, but 
you know, I think we've got that next next guy up mindset, and I think guys just respond to that really well. And I think that, you know, if somebody gets gets hurt or we have injuries that happen, I think the next guy's ready to go. So I think that's really important. It shows what kind of guys we have in the room. Yeah, and, and that's a fair comment. But in terms of we're talking about trying to get consistency as well, and that comes with a little bit of consistency of, of roster as well. And you've got Greg Prince, who over the last, arguably last two, three weeks, has, has really started playing the way we knew he was playing at the start of the season, then he goes down hurt, and of course it gives somebody else an opportunity on Sunday night. But these are factors that you have to, you know, talk about. Yeah, it's extremely just unlucky. I mean, Greg's been playing so strong lately too. It's he's just a guy that you always want to have on the ice. He's just a great person to have her in the room too, and stuff like that. He just keeps guys laughing, keeps guys happy. So I mean, him going down right now. Hopefully, he can be quick and we can get him back uh, as soon as possible. Hi Jeff, uh, catch you here, big fan. Um, the uh, you're you're looking um, obviously you know you're coming down the the, the stretch as as you want to put it that way. Um, and we've added obviously David Gubin, Will Cullen, and Rochi's come back. What is the dynamic in the room changed? Is it you know we all know about Gooby, especially his the fire inside him and and you know the compete level within David Gubin. Um, but is, is the room changed in any way or, or um, what, what's the feeling right now? Yeah, I think, you know, we've always had just great guys in the room. I think that goes back to uh, recruiting from Kiefer and Thor that, that they do every year. All three years are able to bring in, you know, for the most part, some pretty really good guys. And even having Goody and uh, Will back in the locker room just brings a lot of energy. And, you know, Goody's always uh, working really hard and trying to be professional 24-7 and that, you know, trickles down on guys and to get to see it from him is it's always good to have him back. And obviously, you, you know, you're, you're, you played a few shifts alongside Roche. He certainly doesn't look as if he's missed nine months. No, he looks great. I mean, even before he was uh, fully back, his, he was looking really good in practice and skating, moving up and down the ice really good. It's, you know, it's great to have him back and playing with him has been a lot of fun. Um, you just need to keep him rolling and keep moving in. We spoke, John, I know you were sitting in the background, or I don't know if you're paying attention or listening in, but the we spoke about consistency and how difficult it is sometimes to find consistency. And, you know, you've been on championship winning teams with, with regards to us and where we, we've hit the turn of the year and we've went on a stretch and, and picked up mm-hmm. those titles and, and as great as they are. But how difficult is it? It's Because obviously we look now at the Sheffield Steelers and when you're motoring, you're motoring and you're know, you you, you you're relentless and you can go into Coventry and, and win 6-0 within the, within like 20 minutes. Yeah. How difficult is it when you're not in that position to find the consistency? No, it's definitely something you got to show up every day, even at practice, making sure that we're preparing the right way every day and, you know, working hard, competing amongst each other so that we're bringing the best out of uh, each other on the ice and, you know, I think that that will relate to a good weekend if uh, we're willing to work together and, you know, bond throughout throughout the week and just uh, make sure that we feel confident in ourselves, you know, individually and as a team going into the weekend. So whatever, you know, each person has to get done so that they're feeling at the top of their game going into the weekend. Uh, guys know to do that and are true professionals and, and get that done leading into the weekend. So I think, you know, for me personally, trying to stay consistent is something I've always you know, stuck behind for my entire career. And I think it's really important in this league. You know, it's it's such a long stretch of so many games. 
you, you want to hit those streaks. You want to have runs and stuff like that. But it, at the end of the day, you got to stay consistent through the entire season to be able to uh, be at where you want at the end. And and something we spoke of earlier as well that is that wasn't nice to see, but had a positive outcome was what happened in the corner with that uh, with with young Jack Hopkins in the game against the Coventry Blaze. You know, from from your point of view of yourself and the guys on the bench, how difficult is it to see something like like that happen? Yeah, it was it was scary. Um, it's something you never want to see in a game. Uh, we know we play a physical and dangerous sport, and. Thankfully, he's okay, and uh, I thought our medical team and staff and everybody in the arena did a really good job, uh, acted really quick. Everybody reacted uh, pretty fast, and there was no drop of the ball or anything like that, and I thought that, you know, kudos to the staff and everybody doing such a good job and being prepared for situations like that, and, um, yeah, thank thankfully, he's okay. Yeah. What we're going to do is now is we're going to do something that I'm not used to doing, but we do sometimes like landed on players and we're going to, I'm actually going to add in at the same time, our next guest to do it. And we're going to invite, uh, welcome back to the view from the bridge, Davy Phillips. How are you doing, Davy? Oh yeah. Am I on? You're on, mate. You're on. <laughs> oh yeah. But- you're on gorgeous. <laughs> we're go- I'm going to do something that's between and the two of you can be part of this it's something I love landing on players when we get them on it's time for the player of the month for January sponsored by uh, Phonacab um, we got involved and we asked you to name your uh, your nominees for the player of the month and we've drawn up this short list of four so the nominees are number nine Ben Lake Number 17, Oliver Cooper. Number 48, Greg Prince. And back in the lineup, number 77, Josh Roach. We're going to open uh, voting on Wednesday morning, and you'll have until Saturday to cast your vote. Before we get to the two pros, um, Davier says, Davier says, Davy, who's your player of the month? Do you want a, any expansive answer or just a number? Well, it's, it's up to you, mate. Um, okay, then the player of the month for me is Oliver Cooper. I think since he's came in towards the end part of December, he's just he's an absolute mountain of a guy. He does all the dirty work along the boards. He makes the ice bigger for the players around him. Good shouts for the other three guys, but you know, you've got to lay your hat somewhere in this month for me. It's OC. Simon. Look, we all know I'm a big league fan. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, he is. He's, it, look, I've said it on numerous occasions before. Whoever plays with Ben Lake plays better. That's you know, that's just my opinion. He just makes guys around him better, both offensively and defensively. However, after what he's been through over the last nine months, seeing how hard he's worked and knocked his tail in, didn't go back to Canada during the summer. He stayed here and literally did everything he possibly could to get back in the lineup as quickly as possible. Um, and then when he gets back in the lineup to do what he's done in such a short space of time, I mean, he, he, he led in minutes, I think, in both games at the weekend again. Um, uh, for me, the player of the month for January is Josh Roach. For me, before we get on to the other two boys, for me, um, I think there's a great case for all of them. You'd say Rochi coming back in and doing so well. You've got your know, Ben Lake just doing Ben Lake things. You know, I, I, I think that 
I'm actually going to go along with Davy. I think it's it's OC for me. I think that you know, we saw the effect. I think Prince has come back in and sorry, he's got he's sort of got a bit between his teeth now, and I think he's done so well the last few weeks. But but OC, we saw the effect when he, when he when he went out and he's come back in, and you see the effect that he has on in the game on the ice. And for me, he's the, he was the player of the month for January. Jeff Baum, who's your player of the month for January? Last December's player of the month. Who is January's player of the month? <laughs> Passing it on. Um, you guys kind of covered all the bases. I, I, it's hard to pick between one guy. I think everybody's done such a really good job. You know, like you said, Kitchy with Rochi, how hard he worked over the summer to get back and to be what he's done so far. And we all know what Laker does every game and every day. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, OC as well on this one. I think, like you guys said, just he does all the little things right. He, he blocks shots at big times in games whether we need a big block or whether we're up a couple goals and it's late in the game, he's always laying his body on the line. So I guess I got to go with OC. That's another vote for OC. David Phillips, who's your vote out of those four for player of the month? Uh, I'll do um, Greg Prince. Um, <laughs> anything you can do to put a smile on his face, then I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> What more neat reason is needed? Um, like I say, the the uh, the votes list will open on Wednesday morning, and you'll be able to vote all the way to Saturday. Uh, to cast your vote for the player of the month between Greg Prince, Josh Roach, Roach OC, and Ben Lick. Uh, big thanks to Phonacab for sponsoring the award, and a big thanks to Jeff Baum for joining us. Thanks, mate. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Let you get back. Cheers, lads. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> you're still Hi, in, Jeff. Jimmy. You're still oh, in, Jimmy. Oh, you, you thought you didn't have to go anywhere, man. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks. How are you? Yeah, doing really well. Gives you a reflection on the weekend. Uh thought we was really good Saturday. Not not so great Sunday. Uh, difficult game. Guildford played well, to be fair. Um, worked hard. Scored their, on their chances. Finished well. Yeah, I just think we were just a little bit um, sloppy. Give them a little bit too much, really. We asked Jeff uh, just a few minutes ago, was what's the key to getting that consistency? You know, Sheffield have that consistency at the minute. You can see them motoring ahead. What do you think? What do you think you need to do to try to get that consistency in your game? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's, I think, probably our biggest problem. We seem to have really good games sort of here and there. And then one night we can be almost fantastic and then the next night's a bit of a different team and that's what's definitely really frustrating um, and I'm sure Keith is extremely frustrated with it but um, yeah, you just gotta just going into every game you gotta treat every game like it's the same in it it's all cliche stuff how you prepare physically mentally and as long as you're doing that you're going to put your best foot forward and say everyone makes mistakes, but you just got to physically, mentally, whether you're going into nice arena in Nottingham or you're going to a Manchester, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's the same rink for both teams and it's a, it's the same rules. It's, a, it's just a game of hockey at the end of the day and you can't let any of those variables affect you. And then, yeah. Treat every game same. 
I like the way, sorry, David, just before we go on, I like the way you said there, a nicer, a nice rink in Nottingham and Manchester. You didn't give any descriptive word there. No, the quicker that one gets bent to the ground, the better. <laughs> They're building a new one, mate. They're building a new one in the Trafford by, by the Trafford Centre. Yeah, yeah, that would that'll be nice. Whether it happens or not, it's a different story, in it. <laughs> yeah, but um, the there has been a few milestones recently. There was one around Christmas time, and obviously then last weekend. It took your time to get the three hundred, of course, with the Belfast Giants, but quite fantastic milestone to reach. Yeah, really, something really, really proud of. It's. Yeah, really proud of it. Also makes you feel like you're getting a little bit old as well. <laughs> but no, I'm really proud. Um, 300 games for Belfast. It's um, like everyone. So I've always loved it here and feels like home and definitely holds a special place in my heart. And I know it does with a lot of players who play, yeah. Most people will do those 300 almost in a chunk and say 60 to 70 games, so say five years, but you've split it up over well over a decade have you got yeah. anything going way back then or right up the date might might be a sort of highlight uh, every time you win a trophy is a highlight i guess those are always the ones you look back on and stand out at. um just even my first year here i was very young naive 21 year old and we won two trophies that year and yeah that was an amazing experience one in the dun um one at the ice ball, which was yeah. I'll always yeah. remember as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're going back. Well, it must be going back two thousand and nine, two thousand. You know we were a perfect seven. Years. We're we're a we're is a perfect. Is that the Mike Burgoyne game? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manchester yeah, we, Phoenix. Yeah, we played them in both finals. Mm. And I they used we're to a be perfect that other cup, didn't they? That they got rid of. The knockout cup, yeah. Same year. Yeah, yeah. Manchester as well, Stephen Murphy and Nets. Um could you imagine back then just the the sort of the ride your career was going to go on through North America and different places that you ended up and obviously the medals with GB and it's, it's been quite a story like it'd make a good book. Yeah, yeah, it would be a good book. Um, be definitely some good tales and stories in there. Um, yeah, when I, when I first came here, it was something I never really thought of to be honest. I um, came here that first season and um I originally signed for two years and then right at the end of the season I signed even longer. I can't even remember how long it was, but it, it was pretty long for British hockey. I'm sure it was like an extra four years or something, which was quite unheard of. So I thought, you know, I was so happy I didn't really vision playing in Europe or America. And then yeah that that chance came up to go to the Chicago's um, rookie camp. I just thought, I don't even know if, did I mention this on the last one? So I feel like I'm, um, yeah. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Yeah, and then, yeah, thought nothing of it. Well, not like I was going to get a contract and thought I'd be back in Belfast for the foreseeable. But yeah, yeah. it's been it's been a journey, that's for sure. <laughs> Davey, you're very softly spoken, as we all know. Um, but uh, you know, I know what you're like around the room. What what's what's the room like this year for you? Um, obviously, you know, you've brought a there's a couple of more recent faces come in, uh, and and David Gubin and, and Will Cullen, who you would have played against over the last few years. Um, but what's the room like at the minute? 
Yeah, it's, it's it's good when we're winning. It's not so good when you're um, losing. Um, but no, those two definitely helped. Um, anytime you can bring people in who've, who've won, they know they've been through that experience, know what it takes to win, and know the, know the club, know the city, and all that stuff. So they've been two great additions. Um, yeah, dressing room's been all right. Like I said, it's never fun when you're losing. Tell us about, um, obviously, you're a dad now, uh, young Jesse. Uh, he's been over in Belfast a few times this year. Obviously, you know, he's he's in school and stuff, and you don't get to see him every single day. Um, but what's it like being a dad, a hockey dad? Is he, you know, does he want to, I've, I've seen him on the ice with you, but does he want to be a hockey player? Does he, you know, is it is something that you, you, you sort of seen a few years ago going, you know, I've, I've just, Obviously, when you give birth, well, not you give birth, but your wife's giving birth, and you're given the opportunity for, um, for your son to come along and watch you play. It, it, it's a special feeling. Yeah, it is. It's it's mad. I used used to think whenever people's kids got involved in hockey, I used to think they like sort of pushed them into it a little bit. But as soon as they come and watch you play the games, it's that's it. They get the little mini sticks out at home, and before you know it, they're wrecking the place at your house. <laughs> but now he loves it. He's on the skates, and any chance he can get on the ice, we, he gets on. And um, like I say, it's tough going on with him at the minute. I can't go on like regularly, but whenever he comes on here, we always jump on the free ice at the arena, which is a nice little perk of being here. So we we make the most of it. But no, it's yeah, and he watches the webcasts and stuff. But yeah, it feels weird to be honest. Um, yeah, having a having your son watching you, it's. It's probably one of them when you when you retired, you probably can look back and reflect and a bit more. You know, and you see the pictures and the memories and stuff you've created. You're a long time to be retired, long time to retirement yet, man. Yeah. Um, just funny, just like you were uh, the um, you mentioned the knockout cup. I just was like, remember the knockout cup? Here's a question for you. I'll open up. Who won the knockout cup the most times? What player? What player won the knockout cup the most times? So obviously he would have played with you, David. It's all silence. Paul Sample. Well done. Well done. Three That's times. Because he, he's much. He's probably more of a journeyman than I am. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. So looking ahead, we got the, the double against uh, Cardiff this weekend. How's prep going? Good. Yeah. Um, getting to practice this week and two big games both neck and neck so it's been a while since we've played him haven't it we was supposed to play him and then that game got cancelled yes you sat in the airport for a bit yeah i was glad it got cancelled in the end we was in there that long that was there ages and then it got to a point where it was like if this if we get on this flight this ain't going to be good is there a difference in approach? Because obviously, you know, you've spent a bit of time, you've spent a lot of time playing Sheffield, you know, you know Manchester, you know, whatever, and obviously, you know, based in England. How's the how's the travel different? Is it do you do you feel it's different because you're traveling with Belfast, getting the ferries, and yeah. do you feel there has to be a bit more preparation than you would do on a, like when you were playing for Sheffield, and you just got on a bus. Yeah, it's it's completely different to be honest. Um, yeah, when you're on the mainland, it is you just get on a bus and. 
whether it's two hours or eight hours, it, it all feels the same, to be honest. You just get in your seat where you sit, get comfortable, watch your movies, eat your snacks or whatever you do, or sleep. And yeah, it all just sort of blends into one, to be honest, the, the kind of journey length. But um, here it is, it is a lot different. Um, airports, checking in, security, and then, and then the same when you're landing and that. It, just a lot more sort of on the go, not... You don't feel like you sat down as much type of thing you're always constantly on the go but definitely from my time here previously the, the travel is much much better um um sort of go in the mornings and then get to wherever we're going around lunchtime so um check in the hotel have your lunch and then you can um have a bit that's of a right. snooze in the afternoon which yeah. is kind of perfect because that's what most people do on their game day routines anyway they'll skate in the morning with the plane at home and have the lunch and then have a bit of a kip play the game so it when we when we can do that on the away games it's perfect because to me it just feels like a normal home game anyway you've just had a quick flight in the morning so then you've got the opposite of that then this weekend was we were able just to stay at home and take it yeah. easy and, and, yeah, and prep, yeah. prep the way you want to prep yeah, the, the, the double-headers at home are nice. Same with the double-headers away, you know, just cutting out a bit of the travel also helps as well. Hmm. Listen, the, we... the only disadvantage is um, um, Belfast is the flying home, you know, your Monday is your day off and that's a travel day. Yeah. Well, it's not like massive travel, but it's, you know, another night out your own bed and stuff as well. You're playing away, you'd be back home for two in the morning, but at least you're in your own bed and once Monday hits, you kind of feel like you've got the full day type of thing. Unless you've got the overnight boat. Yeah. <laughs> Which is never fun to be honest with you. No. Not at all. Listen, mate, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Good luck this weekend. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having Thanks me. You, mate. Cheers. Big thanks to Davy Phillips once again for joining us. Always good having him on the show. Your battery's running low, sis. You know what? I've got a plan. Keep going. Okay, we'll keep going. We'll keep it. We'll keep at it. We we mentioned there that we've got the double header this weekend against the Cardiff Devils. They're coming in for the games on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, well, we're delighted to welcome back friend of the show to chat just about this, Neil Francis. How are you doing, Franny? I'm good, thanks, Patrick. How are you doing? Doing really well, mate. Doing really well. Thanks very much. Um, good weekend for Cardiff. The weekend going by. Um, so coming in, coming into Belfast this weekend with a bit of momentum. Yeah, it's been it's been a good couple of weekends. Um, obviously we had the Continental Cup in between as well, uh, which was a great tournament. It didn't quite go as we wanted it to, but you know, overall that experience and and the way we played was was good, and we've sort of run that into the, to the league game. So. Yeah, I mean, there is a good feel around uh, our dressing room at the moment, and uh, you know, a bit of confidence, and um, you know, they're hoping, hoping, obviously, to roll that into the weekend. Obviously, changes that have happened from a coaching perspective, and all, and you know, Pete Russell coming in, and and, and some changes to staff. How do you feel the season's gone? I think we were saying, we were talking just to sort of caveat that we were talking earlier on the show about how outside of Sheffield, a lot of people are looking for consistency. Yeah, do you know what? I, I was thinking about this earlier and I think our seasons in Cardiff and Belfast almost mirror each other, don't they? Yeah. Um, you know, European action, you you in the Champions League, us in the Continental Cup with, you know, those extra games that it's brought. Um, there's been spells where, 
both teams have looked fantastic and other spells where both teams have looked awful. And it's, uh, you know, it's that word consistency that Sheffield have right now. I mean, they're an absolute wagon, aren't they? And, uh, you know, running at 90% is, is incredible. And it, you know, it probably throws a bit more um, doubt on how our teams are uh, performing because they're doing so well. Because if you, if you take that out of the equation, actually, you know, we're we're both second and third place or whatever it is, and and it, you know it's not too bad. It's just the fact that they're so much in the lead. It just uh, it just highlights and magnifies, I think, the um, you know maybe a bit of some of the negative stuff that's coming out about both teams. And from that, just you know, and again, something we said earlier is the fact that both our teams have been in that position. We've both been in positions where we've had that consistency. We were we're running game after game. And it just sort of snowballs that it becomes quite easy. And I think both the Belfast and Cardiff are, are looking at Sheffield with a bit of jealousy at the fact that we know what that's like. Yeah, and and that's it, isn't it? When you when you're playing good and you know your scorers are scoring and your your goalies are making the saves, then it just snowballs into to being that machine and you know very methodical and going out there and just doing it week after week. Um, you know what is unfortunate now with with Sheffield is nobody's really hot on their heels, putting them under pressure. So you know they got off to this you know amazing start and they they've kept it going. And you know you got to take your hat off to them for the consistency that they've shown. But the unfortunate thing is you know they lose in five the other week, and sometimes when you're on those magnificent runs and you lose a game, you kind of feel really vulnerable. And, you know, we, we both had experiences of, of that. And then you don't lose just the one game. You lose two, three, four, and it brings the other teams back in it. But they're at such a, a lead ahead of everybody else that, that that two points didn't really matter. And they jumped back on it, you know, with the game after and, you know, put another couple of wins together. Ronnie, always great to see you, mate. Thanks for jumping on. Um, it's all right, Davey. I, I worked out why you invited me on. I think the last time, last two times I've been on the show, uh, we've been playing each other, and Devils have lost both times. So, I, I, I know. Stats, I know don't, stats don't lie, mate. Stats I, don't I know lie. how you work. Yeah, yeah. Um, honest, just to be honest, you're at the bottom of my screen here. I don't know about you, Paddy. Just look like the twins. They're dressed exactly the same. <laughs> Both got warrior tops. Obviously, one giant, one. You <laughs> look yeah, like twins. I'll take that, mate. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, take that. Um, let's let's talk about Europe, however, because um, we talk about the the lead the Sheffield Steelers have and the six games we played in Europe already. The six games you've played split over a couple of weekends. Somebody within the Sheffield organisation was quite clear, you know, they made a good decision not entering. For you, good or bad decision to go Continental Cup, sorry? Good decision. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I love those European competitions. You know, Champions League, some teams say, oh, there's no point going in because you're just going to get smashed. But, you know, when you do get a result, it's such a huge achievement. And it's... Um, you know, it, it just gives you a chance to see another side of hockey. And, you know, I really enjoyed the Continental Cup tournaments. Yes, it's, you know, a pain in terms of the congestion of the fixtures and the extra travel. You know, we went across to France. I mean, we were lucky to host the the Cardiff final, uh, the final in Cardiff. So, you know, we, don't, we didn't have the travel there. But still, it's three games in three days on top of an already congested fixtures, which, you know, for, you know, several reasons, um, is already tight with no breathing space. So that that's the downside of it is is the extra games and, and what it takes out the players. And believe me, you know, well, 
you guys know it does take a, a lot out of the players with these extra games but having said that you know anyone that came to those any of those games in uh in cardiff for the finals you know it was brilliant hockey it was brilliant atmospheres the camaraderie between the away fans and you know particularly like the, the polish team they had amazing set of fans who were just non-stop all games and that then generates your own fans to kind of compete with it and it was such a, a good good event to be involved with that you know even though it kind of it handcuffs you a little bit when it comes to to the league um i, I think it's it's worth it just to have a go and, and see how you fare against the rest of europe and then what about if we can get away from belfast cardiff and, and try and tease you in the gb question do you think that the EIHL, maybe they couldn't be, maybe we actually couldn't have been more flexible, but do you see the reasons why clubs are having to play? I think we're playing, we talked about last week, maybe five, six, seven players missing on the on yeah. the Olympic weekend. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the areas that the league needs to look at in the summer is the amount of fixtures in the space of time that we've got. It's... Um, I don't think it's right to build a season without contingency in, without having some blank spaces in your weekends um, you know, that that can account for other events like this. Or you know, every other league in Europe has that. You know, mid mid season break, we don't have it. Um, you know, obviously it was the tragic events in in with with Nottingham that led to more games being plugged in. But you re we really should have some gaps in the fixtures to either give guys a bit of a, a breather and, you know, and, and take a bit of toll off their bodies, but as well to pick up for some contingency, whether it's, you know, weather, you know, the cancellation like that like you guys had when you were coming to us, you know, those unforeseen circumstances, I think that just needs to be planned for a little bit better. And then it would avoid that. And then, you know, hopefully it would have freed up a weekend for this Olympic qualifier, which is, you know, it's a big deal. I mean, if to get through that and then to, to go to the next stage with a shot of the Olympics would be, massive and and there's a lot riding on that for funding for british hockey so it really should have the full support of the league behind it without penalizing the clubs that have got successful players that are in the gb program but that that seems to be what what's happened franny this weekend obviously you know it's it's uh second versus third or isn't it i think it is uh we're both not first i know that um but second versus third this weekend how are the devils setting up and how are they preparing? Uh, looking forward to coming over to Belfast. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been such a run of games for us, um, you know, for the reasons that we've talked about. Uh, you know, we've been three and three for so long that over the last couple of weeks, it's been nice to actually just run with, um, you know, the weekend games and have the, the practices. So, um, you know, we've given the guys an opportunity, you know, last week to have a couple of days off instead of just the one day off just to refresh the legs. And I think at this stage of the season, it's it's about preparing for the games and keeping the bodies ticking over rather than, you know, working the guys into the ground and, and, and fitness and everything like that. It, you know, that they've all been doing the uh, the system stuff for so long now. So it's just about ticking over and, you know, taking the good things out of the weekend that we've had. And we had a lot of good things. You know, we had, we had a really complete performance against Guildford on Saturday night, but then we went up to Fife and we go... 3-0 down and it wasn't really to do with the you know the, the travel and everything that uh that cost us that it was that we didn't go out and play like we did the night before and and do all those little things that are important almost got too far ahead of ourselves so 
I think this week for Pete and for for you and King, you know, with the, with the video sessions, it'll be you know a lot of reminders of the good stuff that we've done because there were so much good things to take away, but also you know highlighting you know the, the flat start against Fife, and you can't go into to difficult buildings in that flat start. I mean, we got away with it because uh, we turned it turned it around, but you know it shouldn't have to take a timeout in the first period to to get the guys going. I uh, obviously didn't hear what you said there, but we'll just carry on anyway. Um, <laughs> the, um, obviously, again, you know it's going to be a challenge. You know, every time you come into Belfast, you're facing a, a tough opponent. Um, and I'm sure, well, obviously, I know from our side of things that we're doing exactly the same. What sort of game are you looking forward to? It's really interesting this year, isn't it, with the matchup between Cardiff and Belfast because our coaches are very close you know obviously gb connection there they're personal friends as well um but the fact that they coach on the same gb team they know each other's systems you know they, they use the same system so it's it's kind of it's an interesting one to to go out and you know just thinking about to the games that we've already had it was it was bizarre that in the the first game in league play that, that we had you in cardiff um and you beat us i thought we really outplayed you guys but we lost 4-2. And then when we came into Belfast, you guys were all over us and totally dominated us, and we win 3-2. You know, so it's sometimes it's not all about the performance, it's about the results, and I think any of us would settle for the results ahead of the performance this weekend. But, um, you know, any game against Belfast is, is... I don't think we've had a dull one, have we, in years and years and years. So, uh, you know, it's definitely one for the fans to look forward to. I think we've got, uh, am I right saying we've got two left at home and maybe we've another two at, in yours at, towards the end of two March. Away. We've got yeah, a Wednesday and a Sunday. I think it's Wednesday. and that. I suppose that's not 100% ideal for you either, getting a Wednesday or a Sunday game cancelled and having to shoehorn it in midweek. But I guess my question, Franny, before we go back to Paddy there, how do you keep the guys now with Sheffield having that big lead and it's hard not to look at it and go, we're, right, we're probably not going to catch that. Simon talked about that earlier with us keeping the guys focused that you've just got to try and keep chipping away at that because something might happen. But even if it doesn't, you've got to be in some sort of form, have some sort of momentum come the end of March. You can't just switch it off now because you can't switch it back on. Exactly that. You know, it's um, with Sheffield being that far ahead. I mean, you think they'd have to lose six games with either one of our teams winning all our games for the rest of the season. And, you know, the way they're playing right now, you can't see them losing six games, let alone either of our teams winning, you know, every single game the rest of the season. So they've got that buffer. It would have to be something catastrophic for, for them to slip up. I mean, you know, nothing's impossible. We've seen it before, but, you know, I, I think we all agree that it's unlikely, but I think you can just take care of your own business and, you know, I, I suppose the message in our dressing room, and I'm sure it's the same in, in Belfast with, with Kiefer, is, you know, when you play the right way, it's such a more fun game to play. When you battle hard and you come out and, you, you know, and you have those results, it, it, hockey's a fun thing. But when you're not performing and you're losing games, it's miserable. You know, it, it is. And, um, you know, that's what we're trying to sort of preach to the guys is just to go out and, you know, let's have a performance that we can be proud of because they're the ones that the guys really enjoy and play with smiles on their face and you know and get that battle level because like you said we you know you can't just kind of switch off and say okay we'll pick it up for the playoffs because teams have tried that before when the league's been won and it never ends well does it 
couple of questions before I let you go, Franny. Is that, one is um, going back to the Continental Cup, and you talked about you know the, on the ice, but off the ice. The thing about that, and what really seemed to come across was more of a, in Cardiff for that for that weekend was a festival atmosphere. I, I'd, I'd spoken to the Gazhuish beforehand, and I'd, I'd warned him about the, the the Polish fans coming over who'd be shirtless with with yellow scarves. You know what I mean, and and the atmosphere they brought. But off the ice, it seemed like a phenomenal weekend. Yeah, and sure enough, the uh, the Polish fans lived up to that rep, and it was the first game, a four o'clock game, and by half past four, I think the shirts were off and <laughs> and the scarves were out. But uh, you know, they were fantastic, and yeah, it was um, it, it was something that that was really good for for us to hold a you know a European final. Uh, I think all the staff at the rink and Todd and Katrina, I think they did a fantastic job of hosting it and make sure every little detail was was taken care of, and I think that. You know, we represented um, British hockey really well. And, uh, you know, hopefully that and with the Olympic qualifiers being in Cardiff and, you know, I'm sure we'll do a, a good job of hosting those as well, that it, it goes down well for our, for our league. We have all sorts of technical issues. Davey's gone, says his changing <laughs> computers. You've uh, you've done really well dealing with all this sort of stuff happening. Also, just what I'm interested in is obviously a lot of clubs are going through sort of personnel changes and so that, and not least in Cardiff. But one player that's come in and sort of hit the not just hit the ground running, but really impresses Bodie Wild. And it must be difficult to come into a scenario where in like like any team where you're coming into your room that's already set you're coming in late but to come in and impress the way he has just shows the caliber of the player yeah it does and um i think the biggest thing for him is you can see that he's enjoying hockey i mean you look at his career he's a 23 year old that was a second round draft pick now you don't often get 23 year olds at second round draft picks in our league um, I mean, he was projected to go third, uh, sorry, first round, and you know he was disappointed to go second round. So that just shows the kind of stock that he's got. But then his career went, you know, went wrong, and you know, there's the well documented kind of COVID vaccine thing that, you know, probably was the the start of um, him being sort of pushed out of North America. You know, and um, you know, certain GMs there didn't react well to him kind of disobeying orders, uh, and then he's tried to. He's tried to find somewhere else. I mean, you can tell that he loves hockey, but he hasn't been enjoying it. And, you know, he came in for his first game with us. He gets brought down and gets a penalty shot and scores that. And, you know, that was a great start for him. And, you know, obviously he's, he's playing a lot of minutes. He's playing on a, a good team with, you know, a, a more North American flavor to the dressing room than, than he was getting in Slovakia. And, you know, he was saying that that uh, penalty shootout in Guildford was one of the best things, best moments he's ever had in hockey, which for somebody that was projected to go first round, um, you know, that's saying something. So I think it's just in those circumstances, um, you know, you you always pick up guys at different stages in their career. And it's, you know, this is one that we don't often deal with here, somebody that's at the start of their career, but it's actually a career that's not gone to plan. Um, so it's just for him trying to kind of get his his career back on track, and um, we knew all about his offensive capabilities. And you know, the, the knock on him was maybe his defensive game um, wasn't uh, you know to the same level. But to be fair to him, he's knuckled down with that, and he's happy to you know make the right choices. We're seeing that more and more in his game, and you know he's playing responsibly and then jumping in when he can and, and doing what he can do and. You know he's he's picking up points, he's picking up goals, and and uh, you know plenty of assists now this weekend. 
it's funny. It's like it's always a it's always a worry uh, because you, you talked about you know you, you see the career, you see that the, where they start from, and you wonder. And I, I don't. This will sound disparaging to the other, but you wonder why is he why is he in our league? You know what I mean? You think you know yeah. what is it an attitude thing? Is it a, but so to have a player like and you know some players have come to this with with varying careers have come into our league and not had the attitude to play in our league, but obviously had the ability. He has the ability and he seems to have the attitude, which is great. And because it, it's it can so often go wrong. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a red flag all over, isn't it, that a high draft yeah. pick has uh is coming to our league. But um, you know, we kind of did a bit of digging about the circumstance and you can see where it's gone wrong. And you know, this was a guy that was just desperate to rediscover yeah. his game. And you know, by no means were we expecting the complete package from him because if that was the case, he'd be in the NHL right now. And, you know, so we knew there was going to be aspects to his game that weren't as good as other aspects. But for us, it was just a case of, you know, trying to get him to play within our system, trying to play at both ends of the ice. And, uh, you know, I can't say enough about him that he's come in and he's knuckled down. And, you know, it's, especially like you mentioned, coming into a dress room that's already established. Um, you know, he he's come in and he's just fitted in nicely and he's not trying to do too much but you know when the opportunity presents himself then you know that's his time to showcase himself well i know i said that was the last question but just got one more if you indulge me is the fact you know, how is the junior setup looking and, and the players that are coming through at cardiff I'm, I'm looking at the likes of you you've got like bailey, bailey hayward a young lad from barry who's playing down in bristol and yeah. the, we, we talked previously when you were on the show about the, the the conveyor belt of great players that have come through the system in, in cardiff how is that system looking now yeah i mean it's um it's just really tough i think for for all the teams because the gulf between the leagues is is so big you know so a player that dominates at uh at uh, nihl level isn't going to come in and play the same role on an elite league team and you know then you see players that have kind of come to the end of their careers in the elite league and they've gone down to nhl and they're playing for another five years and they're top of the, the point scoring chart so so it is difficult but you know we know with a guy like bailey that he's got the the talent um you know he's getting regular ice time in all situations which is brilliant for his development in in bristol because you know the, the problem is when a guy stays with an elite league team from being a junior right the way through their career and you know i i look at my own career i was only ever a bottom line player so you only ever play in bottom line circumstances so you're never really going to jump up into into key situations um where i guess a, a guy that's you know is honing their trade in in a lower league they get a chance to be on the power play kill penalties so then you know maybe in the future there is an opportunity but you know the, the struggle for i think as all is you know we are teams are getting bigger rosters you know everyone seems to be signing spare players and even with injuries there's cover already there and that's the only time that these guys are going to get you know a chance to play so you know it, it's a tough spot for bailey because you know, he, he wants the opportunity in Cardiff. He's desperate for that. But, you know, who does he push out of the lineup? And, you know, that's that's the question. He's just got to keep doing what he's doing in Bristol, coming to training with a good attitude. And, you know, when he does get the opportunity, whether it's in preseason games or if there is any call-ups, then, you know, show that he's going to be responsible on the ice because I think that's the number one thing a coach will look for when they're calling up, you know, younger guys. Uh, you know, you, you've had the same. You've got arrangements with, with various uh, NIHL clubs and the first thing they know they're going to be is on the the fourth line they got to be responsible and I look at um 
you know, Norris, when he came to you last year, he I thought he was phenomenal and he earned himself the contract with you guys. And I see he's been jumping up and down the lineup, which is which is great. So it, it shows that if your attitude is right and if you're prepared to knuckle down and prove yourself in those lower lines, then the opportunity will be presented to you. Absolutely, absolutely. Franny, listen, always great having you on. Really appreciate you spending time and coming and joining us. And uh, you know we're not going to wish you well this weekend, but, you know, it'll be a battle to the end of the season between us anyway. That's right. You know, and thanks for having me on. My voice is just about held out, so I'm struggling a bit with that. So I'll try and rest up that for the weekend. Oh, Davey, I'm can't hear. Can't, you're either on mute, Davey, or your microphone's not working. I'm on your mistake, No, I'm not, actually, because when oh. I got kicked off there, when I got kicked off, obviously, you everything reset. Before we go, want to wish your mum all the very best. I know you told me she was not feeling so well. So on the unlikely event, Mummy Francis is watching. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's a big fan. She's a big fan. Who is not Franny, listen, right, appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, thanks mate. All right. Big, 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 big thanks. Big thanks to Franny for joining us. Always great having him on. Divio, a, a, a man with a, a great experience of the game in this country. Yeah, and, and always very welcome to, to come on the podcast. And it's great for him to, to jump on at, at such short notice. He's done pretty much, he, he played for a club, he does everything down there, but of the Jackie Moons about him, you know. And uh, even, I think, was one of the one of the coaching staff sick a few weeks ago, called up from, got the COVID call up there, run the bench again. So, you know, it's always good to have a guy like Franny about your club. Here, here. Right, let's um let's batter ahead here, gents. There's a couple of things just to close us out. I'll do we'll do a little bit of news and while I'm doing that, I'll um I'll share with you the, the ones who are watching the goals of the week from the Elite League. Um well, let's turn this on. I'll, I'll just say before you go there, Sean Norris, four points at the weekend. Yeah, that's absolutely. Three. Oh no, no, that's yeah, no, that's three. Yeah, yeah, three and Saturday night. Three and Saturday night. Yep. Um Nothing from Dops, but Robert Dowd has reached his 800th Elite League game. Um, just a quick note about that. A, a great achievement, says, for a great player, a, a league winner with a Belfast chance. Yeah, no, Dowdy's a great player. He always has been. You know, he was, he was the, I think he was the all-star and the, the, you know, the number one star a lot of the time when he played here that season. And then, unfortunately, we couldn't hold on to him. But he's uh, he's a top, top player, a really good kid as well. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's... It doesn't surprise me that he's hit 800 games at the IHL level, not not one bit, and you've sort of seen it as from a very very early age. He's he's one of the guys that's got it, you know. Davy, you know, we, we spoke with the the uh, the Davy Phillips there about his 300 <clears throat> with Belfast, but 800 overall with regards to the elite league, you know, not not something a lot of players have done. What do you have to have to play 800 elite league games for the clubs that Rob died? has played for is to have insane ability all these brit guys that have been about for so many years and you need francis talking about it there you know about these young guys trying to get into the league you've got to have something very special to compete with what top north end americans the the clubs can bring in and in, in the imports you've got to be so sacrificial you've got to especially early in your career you gotta play those fourth line minutes you gotta you know want to play more minutes but be happy with what you're getting you got to do all the right things off the ice and you know robert died what does simsy calls him the golden child or whatever you know insanely talented boy when he was here simon says did really well that season with craig peacock with colin shields with, with just everything going right that season and obviously couldn't keep him you know brits like that are expensive as well and 
you know, he's gone on to have a marvellous career back in Sheffield and congratulations on the 800 game. Well, Laker with goal of the week. Yeah, Ben Lake with that, with the goal of the week, goal of the week for his goal against the uh, the Coventry Blades on Saturday. I don't think we've actually prepared enough uh, plaudits to the little dish on the backhand from yep. the initial pass off the wall from Laker. It was absolutely unreal. And then a little, you know, and again, I don't think Prince he meant the, the little drop pass for Laker to run on to. But uh, yeah, a really good finish from, from Ben Lake for sure. Absolutely. Um, but he's, Sheffield took a commanding 6-0 lead in the first leg of the Cup mm. semi-final over Coventry. Um, the second leg is tomorrow night, Wednesday night. So unless we're going to have one of the all-time great upsets in Elite League history, um, I think that might be Sheffield straight through to the final. Um, they also march on relentlessly because it's, they had a four-point weekend to follow that up um in the league it's tight amongst everybody else four points for cardiff over guilford and five four points for the storm over the clan and panthers two um yeah it's tight. Well, in fact let's have a let's have a, a a quick look at the league table um sheffield are ahead 31 games played 55 points they are 14 points in the lead over cardiff we only have one game in hand on them uh 41 we are one point behind cardiff but have played two games extra we're in 40 and breathing down our necks are the Guildford Flames on 39 points uh, from uh, 32 games. Blaze, 36 from 31. Uh, the Dundee Stars, 35 from 33. Uh, Manchester Storm, 32 games played, 32 points scored, as have the Glasgow clan. And at the bottom, Five Flyers, 34 games, 26 points. And the Nottingham Panthers are finding it rough for 29 games and 22 points. There was a great interview this week with Aaron Fox, where he sort of laid it on the line, his opinions on some of this stuff that's been thrown at Nottingham's way, and uh, well worth if uh, most people have seen this, it's well worth watching. Um, obviously, there's a lot of things happening with regards to how Nottingham are getting on, and there's a lot of reasons behind it. And I think some of the stuff that's been going online is, you know, people are entitled to their opinions; they absolutely are, but they should also be called out. And I think what Aaron Fox said at the weekend was um, was was right. Um, I don't know if you gents have any opinion on that. 100 percent um you know some of the stuff that the dribble that's coming out of of um a fan base you know about what's happening in Nottingham especially it, it's just not acceptable and and fair play to it's not often i'd give him any plaudits for you know because he's a in sheffield but um what he said was absolutely on the money for sure uh, this weekend, Cardiff are in town, as we've just spoken with Neil Francis about. Friday, uh, Saturday at 7pm at the SSE and Sunday at 4pm at the SSE Arena. We spoke earlier as well with Laura about the themes behind that game in regards to Chinese New Year and the um, and the uh, Cancer Charity for Kids. Um, SSE Arena, Saturday at 7, Sunday at 4, and they're both on Giants TV. Any other business, John? You go first, Simon. I don't have anything. Well, then I'll. I'll, I'll Actually, I have one happy birthday to we Noah um, McVeigh. He's 12 today. Um, so happy birthday, Noah. That was one on my to do list. I've got I've got three, but yes, a massive happy birthday. I met Noah at Christmas for the first time there. Absolutely lovely fella. You're, you're a bit of a big deal, dude. Is that the night you've been doing? You were doing selfies and then autographs for everybody down in Sweet 13? Don't sign anything. Big man. No, big man. Certainly wouldn't sign anything. Big man. Not a big enough deal. Um, <laughs> he was doing commentary with me, Paddy, 
and he says, "I'll oh, back in a wee bit. I've got to go down here and get some selfies organized." Now. Of course, that's, exactly, that's exactly what I said. Exactly what I said. I, of course, there's a, there's a anybody knows me knows I'm not Bit of a big deal around here. I went down to give Jude a cuddle after her horrendous year. Um, it's inspirational lady. So, yes, we did have a selfie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Paddy, have you got any either of those pictures that I've got one of them up? Okay. Um, so massive condolences to our friend George Neil. Everybody knows him as Wee George, but Big Jordy used to be my window cleaner many, many years ago. Unfortunately, Jordy's father, Big George, Big G, George Riley Neil, passed away on the 21st of January. Sadly for George and the family, George is an absolutely brilliant guy around the rink if anybody knows him. So we'd just like to pass on our condolences here. A view from the bridge and what's a, a pretty horrible time for the family. And we just hope that uh, all the great memories, George, sustain you at this uh, very sad time in your life. You're here, here, here. Uh, and the other one is, is something that I only found out about this week as well, thanks to thanks to a, a message from Joel. But Carsey's not well. Yeah. Um, he's worse than not well. Um, it's not yeah. for me to, to say any more than that, but just to give him our massive love. Love this big man, good lad, and Donald boy all his life, and uh, followed Dundella over later years. Him, him, and Bob every week down in the Dundella club. So look forward to seeing you back in the club. Course, he get well soon. Yes, here, here. Uh, I, I was, I was, you know, sad, sorry to hear. And um, one of the good guys, one of the good guys. And I, I always been, always been like you, following the view from the bridge and stuff. I had always good for a chat, and and um, yeah, our, our love and affection to the, the Carsey and everything there. Yeah, fellow, Spur, fellow Spurs man, fellow Spurs yeah, man. Yeah. a couple of years younger, me believe it or not. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't know he was sick, so yep, thoughts going with the big man. He's a really, really good guy, absolutely. Uh, anything else, boys? No, so. just is that it? Is that yeah. us? Happy days, this is probably uh, tweet, tweet of the night for our, our comment of the night. I'll, I'll have to find it here. Um, is this a new one we're doing? Comment of the night. Uh, I, I know this one really tickled me. Uh, well, I'll, I'll take this one. This isn't it, but this was it. Thanks. Um, it was this one. Careful what you say, lads. Jimmy Bryson is live tweeting this up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wire in here somewhere. There's a wire in here somewhere. <laughs> Very good. That's Very that. Good. You would know that. I'm obviously missing something. I Freddy, Freddy. Not- for anybody who's watching outside of Northern Ireland, it's uh, <laughs> all right, gents. Uh, uh, one more, I think I had one that was uh, Kieran Hart asked, uh, what jersey is that behind me? That is a season one Derek Wilkinson goalkeeper shirt for uh, game worn for um, one of our first two goalkeepers in the tandem in, in the very first season, and uh, I've had that a long time. It's got a uh, it used to be signed, but it's all worn away anyway. On that note. Uh, yes, two games this weekend, as we said, both uh, against the Cardiff Devils, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday 7pm, Sunday 4pm, get yourself down now, the crowds have been, I'll tell you what, the crowd on Saturday night says was something else. Yeah, and it, it looks like it's going to be the same this Saturday as well, Brilliant. mate. Brilliant. We're down to single seats again, it's, it, it, the fans have been absolutely incredible, um, you know, it's it's not, uh, it, it's, we all know it's, the season itself is not what we wanted, um, you know, and, and on the ice but off the ice it's it's incredible and numbers just you know they just keep on staying the same and the east ends back in again there look for last weekend's game they're going to stay in for this weekend's game there's a few gigs coming up i think there's only going to miss maybe one game this this month where um we don't have the game with the full bowl in 
And it's, awesome. it, it, you know what, it's a different base when the full ball's in. It's just, you know, it's just that much more compact. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 really, really good. So, yeah, the, right now, single seats available. So if you are thinking about going, you better get your tickets because they're going to run out. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal, and it's brilliant. It's, it's credit, it's credit to yourself and everybody at the Belfast Chance organization who have been working so hard to get it like this. Um, so yeah, those games Saturday and Sunday, get your tickets. Big thanks to Jeff Baum, Davy Phillips, and of course, to Neil Francis for the time. Big thanks to everybody who has been um, sending in messages live and, and on Twitter and the likes. We really appreciate you guys getting involved. Um, gentlemen, as always, big thanks to you for, uh, for, for everything over the last couple of days and, and on tonight's show. Um, we are on at AVFTB on Twitter. We're on Facebook, kingdomofthegiants.com, all the usual sort of places. You can get us Apple Music, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that sort of chat. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.